0: So basically, what we what we just done is we we watched um, lesson number one on um, on engage by Kirk Cameron, and it's on right now. Media for those of you who are tied into our church, you have access to that. Um, so if you miss a night or something, you can you know get caught up on that. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically go through a few of the things that was said on the video and kind of bring in some more resources uh, tonight to, to give us a little bit more clarity uh, with that. It's a lot of information to take in. So so um, I was looking up a few things uh, here today, uh, some statistics about so- teens on social media. Teens are being distracted from the important things and their friends, and even they are admitting it. Fifty-seven percent of all teens agree that using social media often distracts them when they should be doing homework. Fifty-four percent of teens' social media users agree that it often distracts them when they should be paying attention to the people they're with. Twenty-nine percent of teen, listen to this, teen smartphone users say that they've been woke up by their phone during the night by a call or a text or a notification. Twenty-nine, is nearly 30% of them been woke up. 42% of teens agree that social media has taken them away from time they could be spending with friends in person. 42%. Like we heard last night, they've got 2,000 friends on Instagram and nowhere to go on the weekends. I mean, we heard it from... Last night from that family, she said her daughter on Instagram all the time, nowhere to go. On the weekend, she said, well, where's your friend? She said, I don't have any friends. But what about your Instagram af- account? So they're losing the the face-to-face. They're losing very valuable uh, uh, knowledge and, and, and interaction that they need uh, by this taking up and distracting them so uh so what are we doing today? We're knowing the why we're getting to know the why behind our kids' behavior um, That's one thing that I've learned is that there's always a reason, all right, so in other words, I- instead of us, okay, and let me just let me just be real upfront with you and and uh Candid with you, I guess you, whatever you want to call it. Instead of us standing back and saying, I can't believe this generation, or I can't, you know, it's ridiculous that, how about let's learn why they're doing what they're doing and try to help them in doing what they're doing. I heard something here today, a man was talking, and he said, they are the generation of the future. But we are the generation of the present. We are the generation of now. And so, although we want them to come up and play their role, we need to play ours. We can't expect for teenagers to have a solution. They're teenagers. So, who has to have the solution? Who has to gain the knowledge? Who directs? It's us. All right, so... We need to shoulder the responsibility of this, figure out the why, and then go on from, from there and trying to help this generation. Okay, so we're going to go straight to some of the things in the video that was talked about. Neuroplasticity, all right, he's talking about the ability. What is that? The ability of the brain to form, reorganize connections, especially in response to learning or experience, or following. All right, so it's basically what it is, is it's pathways that are created here, and this is what's going on in a teenager's head. All right, the brain, this is what's going on in their brain. What are they doing? They're, they're learning, all right? And they're going to learn what's in front of them to learn. All right, so uh, now we're going to get into here in the future about why that there is uh, a, a uh, an onslaught from the enemy on this uh, on this generation and why they're attacking them at this age. A, a little bit later on, a different lesson, but it's a very important age because they're learning, they're growing. All right, so. Prefrontal lobes, what it was talking about, about prefrontal lobes. Webster says it plays a role in the regulation of complex cognitive, emotional, and behavioral function. All right, the prefrontal lobe is responsible for things like planning, distinguishing right from wrong, determining what is socially appropriate behavior, and also decision-making. So what are you saying, Brother Jared? That's what is growing. All right? When, when they hit 13, 14 years old, that's what's growing. That's the reason why, you know, that we are here as parents to help them to be able. Matter of fact, uh, uh, the, the man said it here. He said, he said, we are there to be their prefrontal lobe. All right? Until it grows to the point to where they can make their own decisions. And then they have those those things like being able to figure out what's socially appropriate. All right. So, in other words, what are you saying, brother Jared? I'm telling you that if you put a three year old in a real fancy restaurant and put a plate down there and you and you put a, 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 a you know all the the you know the different forks and the different spoons and the different utensils, he's not going to care about no utensils. He's going to make a mess and all things. He don't he don't know anything. About what's what's socially appropriate. That's what they're learning, all right. So during this, what are what are they being taught? Whenever they go into social media, well, it just depends on what social media wants to teach them. Okay, so that's the reason why it's so important that we play the role as the parents and we pr- play the role as this generation in being that prefrontal lobe and helping them throughout this process until they can come to the point that they know how to act socially, until they come to the point that they can make decisions. All right? I tell my children, I say, all right, it, you, you, you need to have self-control, and if you can't control yourself, then what happens? Then I have to control you. I don't want to control you. I want you to control yourself. All right, but there's there are certain things that I can't expect them to do right now. I have to teach them to do that. And if you've been in any of my classes on parenting, you'll know that whenever I talk about discipline or I talk about correction, we don't call it punishment. All right? They're being corrected for something. When I talk about those types of things, one of the, you know, we always talk about, you know, how, do, how are you going to, are you going to spank them? Are you going to give them the time out? Are you going to, you know, what are you going to do with them? The biggest thing that you can do for your child in the correction process is teach. Instruction is the number one thing that should be the most time spent should be on Teaching. And I don't care if you're screaming at them, telling them to get in, the, get, you know, go put their nose in the corner for five minutes, or if you're if you're giving them a spanking. Either way, if you do it without teaching them, it's wrong. All right, because teaching is the most important thing. Okay, so we have to be that for our children. Why? Because literally in their their uh, brains, it's not developed yet. It's working on it. But it's not. Some people say, man, they some people never develop it. <laughs> You're probably right. As a matter of fact, we're gonna get to some of that. All right. The limbic system is talking about in pure in, in uh, uh, puberty is associated with emotions such as fear, pleasure, memory, motivation, various functions that's 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 that it's that it's uh, 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 that this is growing, and, and they're learning things, and they're, so all of this, we may see behavior we don't understand in them. Anybody ever look at your kid and say, why? Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever look and say, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, we got hands going up everywhere. Why would you do that? All right, well, they're not developed enough to know better, okay? So you have to teach them uh, in that, all right? So, uh, uh, You know, it's important for us to understand that they don't understand, okay? All right, so we have to train them in that area. All right, kids are learning at a rapid rate, and this is something that I wanted to stress here tonight. So in the first, like, two two years, two, three years, they're learning how to walk. They're learning the voc- they're learning a language a lot quicker than I can learn a new language right now, I'll tell you that. Learning a, a language? You know, you put a kid in, 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 in a bilingual home, they can learn two languages just like that. All right. So what are you saying, Brother Jerry? I'm telling you, they're learning at a rapid rate. All right, the teenage brain also is in the stage of growth and trying to learn and understand things. All right, and I like, I like how they put it on, on the video. It's like a, a vehicle on a journey, but with no brakes, no restraints, all right, no consequences. They don't understand those yet. We've got to teach them that. And really, life teaches them that as well. You know, you, we, we talk about the, the red hot stove, you know, uh, the disciplining like the red hot stove. You know, you touch the red hot stove, it's going to hurt. Every time you touch it, all right? It's going to hurt if you touch your whole hand on there. It's going to hurt your whole hand. If you touch your little pinky on there or something, it's going to hurt your pinky. So it's teaching you consequences, all right? The more you do, the worse off it is, all right? So there's things like that 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 kids are learning uh, that life teaches them, all right? So it's important for them to understand. Teenage brain is a state, state of growth, trying to learn and understand things. All right, if you, haven't, if you haven't read about the, uh, the red hot stove, I, I'd like to, for you to put that on your notes and look that up. That's a really good teaching method. It's an instant thing that happens. All right, you got to be instant whenever you're correcting as well. All right, it's, um, so that's, what, that's where parenting comes in. Uh, the 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 car if you don't parent if you don't give restrictions if you don't give and I don't like to call them restrictions I like to call them guidelines all right if you don't have lines on the road all right if you don't have brakes on the car if you don't have then they're going to end up in a ditch or or you know off a cliff somewhere all right so that's where we come in as parents and this is where we're we're what we're seeing now we're seeing this generation as a vehicle driving off cliffs because parents aren't stepping up to the plate and saying i'm going to give you lines i'm going to give you brakes i'm going to give you a speed limit all right you see what i'm saying we're going to start off in town at 25 they're going to move to 35 anybody ever been through fairland you better slow down when you go through Fairland. All right, I'd ask a raise a hand of everybody who's got a ticket there. You probably throw coffee at me. All right, so we have got to give them those guidelines. In other words, we have to step up to the plate. All right, and do this. So, so it's important. Uh, we we in our classroom done a done a study here. It's been a while back, a few years back or so, but we had we had the youth in there and the young adults in there at the time. We was back here in this back room. And as we were in there, we were talking about uh, the dangers of the data plan, all right? And I was, uh, now this was, was, you know, people were getting cell phones at, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old. And so the majority of everyone that was in there that was a teenager had a cell phone, all right? And I, I asked. These teenagers, I said, I said, what do you think a good age for you to get a cell phone is? And the, the lowest answer that I got, now keeping in, keeping in mind that some of these kids were below this age, the lowest age that they gave me was 16. Now I'm talking right from their mouths and telling me that it's dangerous to have a cell phone. All right. So if we give them something and just say, you know, you're responsible for this. You're they're not they're not developed enough to be responsible. All right, that's our job. You don't give uh, you know uh, uh, your your child a gun. It's like Bob said here the other night. You don't give your child a gun and say be responsible. Do you? You don't teach them how to load it and get it caught for them and say, here you go, nine, ten year old No, you don't do that. All right? This is the same type of mentality that we have here. It would be crazy for me to do that without any guidelines, without any, you know, my kids like to shoot. They do. But they know if they get something other than the BB guns out, daddy's got to go down there and get it all set up for them, go over everything with them, shoot with them for a little bit. All right? They know that Jared's the only one, all right, who can who can shoot? Probably Kelsey, too, but I don't know. <laughs> She's been wearing that Kentucky sweatshirt. I'm not real sure. Matter of fact, we got somebody else here, Brother Nathan, with his Kentucky. He said he heard me last night talk about in the podcast, you know, the, the Kentucky shirt, so he had to come show Man, they're showing up out of the woodwork. I don't know what's going on here. I thought we were in Missouri. <laughs> I want to go over I want to I want to talk uh, to you about something that I I found this uh today in a safety uh magazine why is the teen brain more vulnerable to addiction and basically talks about what what the uh 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 what teen addiction looks like I'm not for the sake of time I'm not going to uh go through everything but I am gonna put this on the table out here and you guys can go through this if you'd like to just a few little things that I wanted to to bring out here teenage brains are still in the process of development drugs and alcohol influence the brain reward system that propels teenagers to make certain choices over others it's all about that reward system alright so what was the reward system called it's dopamine all right Dopamine acts as a reward is the same thing that's that you see maybe in a, a little bit different type of way but it's the same thing that you see in a uh, uh, in drugs is the same type is the same type of thing that you see in their addiction to social media to their phones. all right uh, so and last of all overall, Despite the teen's vulnerability to addiction, potential substance use can be avoided by educating them on the subject. It's talking about drugs, but we can also take this and apply it to the cell phones as well, all right? The data plans as well. We can do that, all right? So what are you saying, Brother Jared? Education is what this is saying, all right? Education. Okay, so... Uh, the effects, we, we heard a little bit about the effects, and so I want to talk about that a little bit here. What, what are the effects that we're seeing from this social media, from the data plan? What are we seeing from uh, this, this life uh, that's, that's uh, got everybody with the tech neck like we talked about last night? 80% of people say that, they're, that they are within arm's reach of their phones at all times. 80% of people all right saying that they're within arm's reach of their phones at all times anybody here lately went to town and forgot your phone at home how many times you how many times you reach for it a lot right all right that's the way that that's the way that it's getting i mean i, I mean i find myself doing this 80% of people in an arm's reach of their phones i will say i listened to a podcast here just the other day Uh, from a leadership guy um, uh, Michael Hyatt and he was talking about uh, you know how to be effective you know with your work and everything and uh, so he said he goes into the office and he has a ritual he does in the morning and he prays and reads the Bible and and does a workout and everything and then he goes into his office and he said he has a ritual startup ritual that he does when he goes into his office when he goes into his office he'll check his his uh, emails and then he'll answer his social media and he said that usually takes like around 30 minutes or so and then he'll take and put the phone down for two hours he doesn't touch anything on his phone doesn't touch anything with social media nothing and that's his 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 two hours of production his biggest production of the day and he said you'd be surprised what you can accomplish and get done in two hours of walking away. And he said the beautiful thing about it is whenever I come back to my phone, everything that was sent to me could wait for me to answer. Everything that was sent could wait for me to answer. So think about that. All right, somebody, somebody if it's, you know, if you're, if you're trying to be productive at your, at your job or something, try to make arrangements to where you can say, hey, you know, if there's an emergency, call this number. You know, call the guy who's, who's you know, at the front uh, desk or something. They can come in and talk to me or tell me. Or, you know, and, and so what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to be productive, and you're going to get so much more done during that time because you're not being what? Distracted. All right? So what, how do we relate that to our kids? When they bring their homework home or whatever, if we want them to be productive, we say, okay, let's put the phones down. Right? All right, so we can be productive during this time. How about a productive meal to where you're able to, you know, have a productive family time? Then you put your phones away for the 45 minutes, an hour while you eat, and nobody is looking on their phones, not even the parents. Why? Because, as I said last night, they're going to, they're going to more, how did I put it? We teach more by what's caught than than by what's taught, all right? So, all right, so, very important. Kids on their phone, up to seven hours a day. Seven hours a day, what they say? Up to seven hours a day. Did you know that on your, if you've got an iPhone, uh, you can look on your screen time, and it'll tell you how much time that you spent on your screen, okay. On screen time, looking at your phone, it'll even break it up into social networking, education, uh, entertainment. It'll break it up into everything. Look at mine right now. All right. So, did you know that you can put limits on your kids' iPhones? If you've got an Android, you need to switch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They pray God with uh, with that too. <laughs> Me and brother Colby's going back and forth on that all the time. So, what are you saying, brother Jerry I'm telling you that there's ways that you can help your children, all right? There's ways that we can help this next generation that's coming up. How many of you think that that girl that we watched last night in that video wanted to stay home on the weekends? Don't you think it'd be awesome for a mentor to step in and say, this is how you make a friend, sis? All right? Do a little bit of teaching there, and then maybe the next weekend or the next weekend, she maybe could go out with the church youth group. All right, you see what I'm saying? So, very important. Seven hours a day, that's crazy. All right, so what, what impact does social media have on mental health? All right, we, he said a few of these, and there are a few more that I, that I studied out that I wanted to bring out here tonight. These are proven things that social media has on the teenage generation right now. All right, they're suffering from depression because of social media. All right, they're suffering from anxiety because of social media. Sleep deprivation. We just talked about how that, what was it, almost 30% that are woke up by a text or a notification or... All right? Envy. Envy is another one. And then communication issues. They don't know how to communicate. I wonder how important it is for a person to be able to read the, you know, the face of somebody talking to them. Right. They're expressions. Did you know we communicate, I think it's 6% of what somebody communicates to you is actual words when they're talking to you. They say 6%. Now, I've, t- I've said this before to our church, so I'll say it again. I can say, I love my wife. Now, let me, let me show you how, how I can. Now, you don't get this from a text, but I want you to, I want you to get this. Young people, I want you to understand this. This is what talking to somebody does. Are you ready? I can say, I love my wife. Now that means I love her. No, ain't nobody else in here love her like I love her. You know? Then I can say, I love my wife. All right? I don't just like my wife. Matter of fact, I don't hate my wife, but I'm in love with my wife. All right? <laughs> that was pretty funny, right? All right, and then I can say I love my wife. I don't love your wife, but I love my wife. All right. Then I can say I love my wife. You know, I love my children too, but right now I'm I love my wife. All right, you see what I'm saying? So basically, I've done all of that, and we got four completely different ways to read that sentence from talking. All right, so I want you, the the younger generation in here, to realize that, man, there's so much more to having a conversation with somebody, all right, than than just to text them. How many times have you guys ever received a text and you were thinking in your mind, I wonder how they meant that. Should I take that as, you almost get mad thinking about it and you think, well, maybe they didn't mean it that way. (laughs) I'm not going to say that on the podcast. All right. But you know, if you're you know if you're if you're if you're texting somebody, then you don't you see what I'm saying? So you don't understand that. Matter of fact, a lot of times when when I'm if I'm gonna have a conversation with somebody, I don't want to text them, I wanna talk to them. So I'll call them and have a conversation with them. All right, it's important to have those conversations. And when you think about it, you'll say a lot of things. You'll say a lot of things. I'll take I'll take questions here after afterwards, buddy. But you'll say a lot of things, guys. A lot of things, on a text, that you wouldn't say face to face. All right. That's the communication skills that I'm talking about. I wonder how much how much better our our uh, youth groups and uh, you know uh, young adult groups and and everything would be if instead of us getting on a fight, getting in a fight on Facebook or on the gram. All right. We would we would rather meet up somewhere, and talk it through. All right? So. All right. Um, So he he had mentioned that MRIs have confirmed that gaming and social media has the potential to cause the brain to defect physically. So it's not just you don't, it's literally physically, it's not growing the way that it needs to be. He talked about, he said, not only, you know, uh, are you, are you, you know, not having the break, he said, but it's thinning the breaks. That's what they talked about, a, th- a thinning of the prefrontal lobe in what is now called gaming. All right? They've seen it on MRIs. So it's important for us to realize that it's not just about, well, is my kid acting right or wrong? This is affecting them physically. All right? So we have to be able to do something about this. All right. So what kids Need to learn instead of using one pathway to learn, a child needs. I love what I love these things that he says. He says they need social interaction, they need physical interaction. What you mean? I literally have to go out and play football instead of using my fingers to play the video game football. All right, Uh, they need guided instruction, they need music. They need travel, foreign language. They need these things. These are the pathways that we talked about of the frontal lobe that, that, that it needs, or the, the neuroplasticity, rather, that it needs. It needs to have these different pathways. And I love what it said yesterday. It said that if they don't, if they don't have, you know, these different pathways – then basically what they do is they start pruning. The brain starts pruning. So they're only, they're only capable of learning in a certain way. And I'm going to tell you something, I don't want to offend anybody here today, but I, I'm a principal of a Christian school, and you wouldn't believe the learning disabilities and, and the, the different things. I'm not blaming that on one thing or the other, but I'm telling you we've got to be careful to give our kids everything that we need for them to succeed. Amen. Uh, ADHD, it's a big deal, all right, all of these different things, all right, so um, social media, now listen to this, this is good, social media, this, it was talking about how our kids learn, now I know that there are supposedly learning tools and everything, and I'm not saying that they can't learn from these learning tools, but social media is an entertainment technology, all right? It is not a learning tool. It's only or it, it is also linked to a marketing platform that is there to learn and influence the person's purchases, opinions, and so forth. It's learning them. Matter of fact, those games that our kids play, how many of you guys any any of your kids ever bought uh another app or, or rented something or bought, you know, an extra coins or something from any of those games, you know, that you, you're, you have them, they're playing, and all of a sudden you look over there and they're, they're at a place that you never even knew. Why is that? Because they got little pop-ups that, that come up here and there. It's not a learning tool, all right? So, uh, and even in the, the, the learning platforms that are on our iPads and things, there's a lot of science, uh, or I'm sorry, there's not a lot of science. He said on the on the on the video, there's not a lot of science behind the assumption that the screen is a great learning or educational tool. However, the companies that are developing the games are using science and psychology to be successful at one thing: more clicks. more time on their apps they are i I guarantee you they are spending a lot of money on that on trying to figure out how to keep our kids on their platform all right so what's the greatest way that we can teach our kids the abcs is it going to be from us saying here's a here's an app here's an ipad here's a tablet here's a Or is it gonna be us taking the time to become that teacher in their lives? And then we wonder later on why we're not why they're not listening to us. Well, we we didn't teach them. All right, we let our screens teach them. Is that okay to say? Is everybody all right? Not getting any tomatoes or anything as yet, so all right? They're using things like classical conditioning and intermittent. Uh, reward methodologies to, to get the child to stay on their app. We got flashes, we got pings, we got notifications. We got, if you go to this next level, you know, then, then you get this. If you do it today, then you get this. You see what I'm saying? So if you, if you stay on our app for a longer time, and then you got the things where, where they're making money off of our children. I've even had some of my kids that even said, hey, can I spend my dollar on buying this on my, so I can have extra turns on. They're trying to get money from our kids on playing a game. All right, you ran out of times. Now you gotta buy this amount of times. All right, so you know these things are happening: uh, flashes, pings, notifications—all of these types of conditionings that are going on. What do you do when you hear things like, uh, like we did tonight, about pornography, the issue of pornography? You know, having problems with developing brains in our children what do we do whenever we whenever we you know are, are presented with information like this whenever you hear something that says that the blue light that they're calling it which is on your screens is actually causing sleep deprivation from your children well it's been proven that if you stop two hours before you go to sleep that You won't have a problem with it. So what do we need to do? That sounds like a guideline to me. Right? Two hours before you go to sleep, it's going to be family time now. All right? Mom and dad are the only ones that that are going to have their phone. We're going to have it ready to answer an emergency phone call or ready to whatever. But this is time where everybody, we want to get good sleep tonight. How many of you guys know how important sleep is? I mean, you want to talk about something that's, that's, that's vital to a child. Sleep is one of the most important things that they get. And I'm going to tell you something. Very few in this school here are getting the sleep that they need. You know how many times I've heard people say, I was up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm, 3 o'clock seems like to be the time that everybody goes to sleep now at, at that age. And, and here's the key probably some of your kids, and you just don't know it, all right? They're, they're on media. They're watching a, a movie. You know, they're just, how, how can we stop that? Sounds like a guideline. Maybe we have them put their phones, uh, you know, in, in, in a specific spot, maybe by your bed or something, in a basket, a nice brown basket, maybe some fluff underneath it so the screens don't get. See, I'm giving you all kinds of ideas. All right? So what do we do? We put guidelines. This is what we do as parents. This is what God's called us to do. Why? Because their brains aren't developed enough for them to make that choice on their own. Now, I will reiterate something that I said last night, and I think that this is very important. We want them To be on board. We want them to understand the reasons why. This isn't a thing where you say, hey, you know, we're doing this. uh, And they say, why? And you say, because I said so. That's the reason why we wanted the kids, the, the teenagers in here. Because we want them to understand what's going on right now. And that they need a lot of different interaction right now rather than just being on a screen. All right. They need... So many different pathways of learning. And I love what they said at the end. You look at your kid and say, help me help you. All right. All right, so that's what we want. We want to put those guidelines down. We want to put those boundaries down. All right, we want to uh, make sure that we're giving our kids every opportunity for them to be able to have the development that they need to mentally To be what they need to when they come to school in the mornings, all the way through the school day. All right, They go home at nights. We're getting them to sleep at a decent hour, putting the phones up. And by doing that, we're guarding things. We've got the apps like they talked about here tonight that are on our, or the the things, the guards that are on our, our phones and on their phones to be able to guard them from those things that really right now are such a huge problem. I'm almost finished. I want to give you a few things here, uh, and the and the podcast a few things here that uh, that was given. Uh, they said, "Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? It can be used for good." He said, "the the main two things is overuse and underregulated." Those are the two biggest problems. It can become bad when it's overused or it's un- underregulated. Overused. We have to use moderation, underregulated maturity, all right? Now we can't expect them to be mature enough to regulate what comes onto that screen because they're not developed enough to do that. Well, bless God, they just need to get down to an altar, okay? That's what we've said for a couple generations now. I think it's time we start doing some teaching, amen? I think it's time we start putting some guidelines down. I think it's time we start helping a generation to learn how to overcome this new wave of technology. Amen. So the few things that are done, Circle are the, the, the three guidelines that were talked about, and I'll throw our fourth in that Mandy and I use. Circle by Disney. You can look that up. Circle. Covenant eyes, that's dealing with with pornography. And you know kids. You know kids. So if you Google that, uh, then the right things will come up. If you have any questions, you can call me on those things. The one that Mandy and I use, where'd she go? Okay. Hold on one second. I just forgot what we used. Our pact, right? Our pact, all one word, our pact. All right, so that's a, that's a good one too to be able to regulate things. You can get it done. You can give them what they need to be able to learn what they need to, to learn and it's our job to do that. Can you say amen? All right. Well, we appreciate everybody being here tonight and...